This is the EWN Podcast Network. Your team is not there to help you, boss. As a business owner, they are there to be successful for your clients, for your business needs, for the company. Your job is to be there for the team. And if you can't show up the right way, in a way that will, one, allow them to be successful, and two, ask them, reward them, and then hold them accountable when they're not successful, then your business has no chance at growth or success. And I'm sorry, I know that breaks my heart, it breaks your heart, but the truth is you do have to get good at the people side of your business. It's Lift As We Climb, a show that shares secrets about growing your business from the eWomen Network Premier Success Coaches and outstanding members from around the world. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and your host of the show. On today's show, we're talking with Premier Success Coach and CEO of Boss Actions, the unstoppable Talmar Anderson. She helps you scale and grow your business. And today, we're talking about how to build a kick-ass team. We'll bring her on in just a moment. Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, cultivating sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing, and the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star. Talmar, it's so great to have you back on the show. How have things been with you? Oh, Pat, I'm so excited to be here with you and your fabulous audience. I'm doing pretty darn well, actually. Thanks for asking. We're rocking it over here at Boss Actions. You've had a busy fall. Have you been Premier Success coaching quite a bit in the last few months? I have. You know, I've really enjoyed the people that have taken advantage of those coaching sessions. And anytime I can read into somebody's business and help them find a faster way or an easier way to really build their team and build that success, I am all for it. They tell us all the time that thousands of people apply to become a premier success coach or hundreds or however many, more than two. A lot of folks want to become one. And it's easy to see why you were picked to be one because you are clear and direct and a great teacher. And like you help us get through the business owner's fog. Like when you run your own business, you're so busy talking to yourself that your like laser-like clarity really cuts through all of that. It's just a superpower. Do you find when you're talking with entrepreneurs and small business owners that that's the mission to cut through all that self-talk? Absolutely. When I'm with my prospects or any business owner, I just want to help them get clear. And to do that, it's to be direct in the most efficient, fastest possible way that I can communicate any insight, any action, any idea that can help them get to where they're trying to go easier and faster because I don't believe it has to be hard. And I think we create so much of our own chaos that anytime I can read into that and I can offer them one step forward or three steps forward instead of kind of waiting it out, I'm always going to help. And how come that builds up inside our head? How come there's not the knee-jerk reaction to be positive and loving to ourselves? Like the knee-jerk reaction is just to doubt, question, and slow ourselves down it's not just me, right? I mean, I have- <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely not just you. And I absolutely suffer from it myself. So I, I also really ascribe to coaches and coaching and my masterminds and all the things that I attend to to make sure I don't get in my own way. But I just think human nature is when it's big and it's good and exciting things are happening, fear is such an easy thing to, it's safe. It's a comfortable blanket. It's like, I call it a heavy robe, like, you know, your bathrobe, you just want to dissolve into it and feel safe and secure. And fear keeps us in this nice place there. So it's just easier 
to just go, no, that won't work for me or no, I don't want to change. But golly, it's so nice when we step through and get on the other side. I love it. Why is that so developed with you? Why are you so clear that way? Because there are coaches, but then, like I say, you're like a ninja. Like, how come that is so pronounced, your ability to be so direct, yet still teach? Some people are direct and they're jerks. You're not a jerk at all. Like, you're direct and you also teach us something. Why is that so pronounced? Is that something in your past or something you've been working on to be that clear? Actually, no, I I used to hide it. I thought it was a bad thing to be direct. Hmm. And I don't know if that's a female thing or my own self-esteem issues. I thought that I wasn't supposed to be direct. But I think I've always been that way. And it wasn't until I started going into my own businesses where people were valuing it and I got clear on the fact that they responded. They wanted more of that, that my audience, my clients, my prospects, they're all like, no, 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 don't sugarcoat it. Tell me like it is. I love that you can tell me the answer and I can just take action. They don't want to be overly handheld. I've never been a big accountability piece. There's certainly a part to our program where we're like, okay, it's time to get this stuff done. But really it's about here is the answer. And the people that I tend to work with, they have the drive. I don't have to motivate them. They know what they want. They know how they help their clients. They know what they want to do, but they might not know the answer. They don't know how to tell someone they're dressed inappropriately or how to have the conversation with them that they can't approve their request for vacation because it's the company's busiest time of the year. Or they don't know, how do I attract the best possible people? It's not their fault. It's just an education point. And so one of the things I've always said is business is not innate. It's learned. And so if we can get past our fears and our self-doubt as you started the conversation, and I can help people get there faster because I see in everyone the possibility. The minute we start talking, the minute you tell me about your business and I hear that excitement for what you do, I just can see the future. I know exactly how you can get there. And it would be shameful for me to not share it immediately and as easily as possible for people to hear. And you have to do that without being an ass. You have to do that with consideration for their feelings. And very specifically, you have to do that with consideration for their perspective. What might the words I'm about to say mean to them? How many different ways could they hear it? And give people the space to ask those questions. But that's what I teach them, actually. That's how you get to be a great boss, is if you allow people to take the time to understand the words you're saying. If you allow people to take the time to tell you what they heard back from your words and get that clear, then everybody can do the job well. Everybody can get the results we want. It's in that process that I teach in our program for being a boss, but I practice that. And that's how I help my business owners become bosses. And how those words might land. That's yes. it's special. It's not just I have the ability to be clear and direct. It's also having that consideration of I'm going to be clear and direct with consideration for how you're going to receive it. And that's what makes you magic. So let's talk about someone becoming like good at what they do. They're an operator. They're a solopreneur. And then they become a boss. And that's where it's time to build a kick-ass team. It seems like nothing trips us up more than adding people to the team, hiring, managing, all that drama. It is the small business owner's kryptonite, isn't it? It can be, but it doesn't have to be. (laughs) I think that there's just a whole lot of... I'm like, how do I say this without swearing? 
untruths <laughs> that are out there about what it means to be a boss or to manage people. And I think that the sooner a business owner can step into the idea that they don't have the answers, but the answers are something you can learn. And this is a skill you can acquire. It's not some magical thing that some people are great bosses and some people are bad. You're either self-aware enough to improve and learn the skills and then practice them, or you are not self-aware and you're just going to continue to blame everyone else. But you're the boss. You're the person that brought that person into your company. You're the person that's communicating expectations and holding accountable or not. And therefore, you're getting the results that you want or not. And so I think until now, people didn't really have a resource to go to. And that's what our business is all about, is trying to make it easier for people to find those answers. And so that's what we're about. Where do we get that message? Where do we get the message that being a boss means being a jerk? It's beaten into us. We've seen other people be bosses and be jerks. We assume it's supposed to be that way. It's just such an odd preconception that almost everyone somewhat believes, well, to hold people accountable means I might have to be mean or I might have to say something I don't want to. I mean, being accountable is just saying, hey, this is my thing. Do it this way, please. Yes. Oh, 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 gosh, Pat, you're making me so excited. These are awesome <laughs> questions. I could talk about this for an hour, but we probably have five more minutes. Okay. No, no, so, no. <laughs> so the truth of the matter is asking someone to do something that they agree to is not being mean. It's not mean to say, I asked you to do this job. You agreed to do the job. You're not doing the job. So this is not working and we have to stop this relationship, right? Whether that's as a vendor, an independent contractor, or an employee. Now, it is certainly not as simple as that, but it can be. And where we go wrong as a boss is we think that our team is there to help us. And that is completely wrong. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Say that one more time because that's important. Your team is not there to help you, boss. Mm -hmm. As a business owner, they are there to be successful for your clients, for your business needs, for the company. Your job is to be there for the team. And if you can't show up the right way in a way that will, one, allow them to be successful, and two, ask them, reward them, and then hold them accountable when they're not successful, then your business has no chance at growth or success. And I'm sorry, I know that breaks my heart. It breaks your heart. But the truth is you do have to get good at the people side of your business. Mic drop, right? Boom. We can end the episode right there because that's <laughs> absolute gold. But we're not going to because... You threw something out and it really caught my attention. You suggest that we were never meant to build our business alone. So we've gotten over the concept of why do we think this way? We framed the idea of what it means to be a boss. And now you're saying, well, you're supposed to have team members. So tell us about that. What do you mean? So I think the easiest way to illustrate it is to share my own personal story about when I decided to be a business owner. I wasn't always a business owner. I ran other people's companies. I ran law firms for over 20 years, bossed around attorneys. I'm not one. I just like to tell them what to do. So I was running law firms and I knew it was time to go out on my own, but I really was torn. I had a one-year-old at home, so I wanted to be around for him more. And running law firms requires a lot of your time and energy. So I was trying to figure out how to build a possibility of being around more for my family. And so... I was looking at being a business owner and I kind of was going back and forth with it, right? So I was thinking, 
if I was a boss, if I had my own company, I could make as much money as I wanted because there was a glass ceiling where I was. I was paid less than male counterparts and that did not sit well with me. So I was like, okay, I could control my own money. But I had a young one-year-old and I would miss him and I would be an irresponsible mother to start a business that would require all this time. But I could do what I loved and I could help people that really needed it and I could affect change and I would like it. So I was thinking, okay, maybe that's the thing to do. And I would go back and forth trying to decide, what am I going to be able to be around for my kid or am I going to want to run my own business? And then I had that vision. Like I had that literally hit myself in the head vision where everybody's standing around like an Amber Crumby or Fitch or a Gap or sorry, some other company who I'm not probably supposed to be saying right now. <laughs> Advertisement, right? Where everybody's dressed really well and we all look fabulous and the light was shining down on us and we're all high-fiving. And I was like that. I want that moment. But did you hear it? I was high-fiving someone. There was more than me in that vision of success. So for me to be a successful business owner, I needed to have other people there with me, celebrating, doing the work, sharing the achievement, sharing the stress, sharing all of the things that a business needs to get done. My vision was never to sit alone in front of a computer 24 hours a day and build a business. I knew I needed people around me to have that moment of success. And I suspect that it's true of most people when they start a business. If they were honest about what that vision of success looked like, it included other people. So now we realize that having more than ourselves in the business is a good thing. And that's where we're supposed to get to, or for many of us, we're supposed to get to. How do you help them take those steps? When is it time to start adding to the team? Because I can understand the vision, but taking that first hire, employee one, even if they're a VA, is still kind of scary. Oh, and VA, we could have a whole conversation oh, about yeah. them. Yeah, that's a different conversation for a different day. But yes, we've decided we need help. And whether that's an independent contractor, a vendor, or an employee, I consider when I talk about teams, it is all the same, right? How we decide they're going to come in is very important. But what we have to learn to do is we have to... Most people think that the process for hiring starts with the employment ad or request for proposal, but it's really two steps ahead of that. We have to first learn how to identify what our business needs. Right. And that comes down to identifying the time, the skill sets, how they're going to fit in. Are they going to be a vendor, an independent contractor, or an employee? Right. We have to identify what our business as an entity outside of the personalities needs. That's the first step. We have to learn how to do that for our own company. Then we have to learn how to attract success. And that is about now that we know what the role is. We have to learn what kind of person will bring the success experiences, expertise, qualities that I need for my company to benefit from this role. And those two steps have to be done before we start to write our employment ads and our job descriptions. It absolutely is required to take the time and get clear so that you can have success once we start down the vetting process of going through the resumes and doing the interviews and the reference checks and so on. So it's about learning the process that starts two steps before you write your employment ad so that you can have success. 
So you mentioned evaluating what we need, evaluating the type of person. And I think there's one more thing that you know is inherently true, but you might have left out. I want to ask you about that when we come back. We're talking with Talmar Anderson, Premier Success Coach, CEO and founder of Boss Actions. We'll have more with Talmar after this. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm using Cultivating Sales to not only organize my clients and partners, I'm using it to manage this worldwide podcast. With this one program, I built and host the show's webpage where guests can apply, book their dates, and subscribe. It also manages the email communications and Lift As We Climb VIP text program. The one program has replaced so many other subscriptions, it practically pays for itself. Stay close to your customers with texts, emails, sales funnels, calendars, a course builder, and even a website builder. Get the secret discount just for Lift As We Climb listeners. Visit cultivatingsales.com slash lift to capture it. That's cultivatingsales.com slash lift. And the LinkedIn Lifestyle, the secret recipe to attract the right people and build authentic relationships on LinkedIn. Before I worked with the LinkedIn lady, my LinkedIn was a mess. Then she introduced me to the LinkedIn Lifestyle. And now I'm loaded with daily content ideas. My profile views are up and my engagement has improved. If you're trying to do business on LinkedIn, join me and lead the LinkedIn Lifestyle. Visit linkedinlifestyle.com slash star to get the free report, Five Fatal Flaws in Most LinkedIn Profiles. Watch your profile views and post performance soar with these tips. They work. Get the report now at linkedinlifestyle.com slash star. And the Expressory, your relationship building concierge. I just launched the Idea Collective for Small Business Owners and Jamie and the team at the Expressory are blowing my members' minds. When a new member signs up, the Expressory team is automatically alerted to send a personalized surprise welcome gift right to their doorstep. The members are so surprised that they talk about the group on social media and feel more connected to our mission. Right now, you have a cool opportunity to experience the Expressory for yourself for free. Simply text the word TEST to 414-240-1315. That's TEST to 414-240-1315. And you'll get a surprise mailing including various samples of their handmade cards right to your door. You'll love the experience and you'll want it for your business too. Try out the Expressory today. Back with Talmar Anderson, Premier Success Coach and CEO and founder of Boss Actions. We're getting to the good stuff now. We've decided, okay, I probably need to add someone to the team, but I want to go rapid fire now on a few of these things that you mentioned. So how do we evaluate what our business needs? What does that look like? It's about taking the time to get clear. It's not just one thing. It's probably a seven-step process. And it's in our program for sure. But What I would tell you is you need to first evaluate what your business will benefit from somebody doing. I know that sounds oversimplified. Sometimes we start with what we don't want to do. But really, is that going to make the biggest movement forward for your company, right? Maybe you really want an assistant, but what you need is somebody to answer the phones 24-7. Well, that would be a call center then, not your assistant. So you really need to think about your business and what the business needs right here, right now that will either create space, create income and money, or create an opportunity to deliver better for your clients. 
And that's so smart because we may want something to make our life easier, but to grow the business might be a different answer. So the second thing, you mentioned the type of person. What type of person? So we have gotten clear through your system. This is the thing we need to have solved. How do we go about finding the right person that fills that role? So the right person is going to be different for absolutely all of us. As I like to say, Pat, your receptionist and my receptionist would never be the same people because we have different companies, we have different audiences, and we are different bosses. If you can take the time to consider those three things, what the position needs, what you as a boss need to work with, because everybody has the kind of people they like to work with that will be successful. And then very specifically, what your audience needs. People forget to think about the kind of clients that you're going to be serving and the kind of people you work around. If you have big corporate clients, you don't want to hire anybody in any role that has a big chip on their shoulder about Fortune 500 companies. That's not going to work well, right? So you need to be thinking about all of these things. What does the right person bring with them to make them work on all of these planes? But these two questions are things like you said, people gloss over, people go straight to Indeed, people go straight to their network. Hey, I'm looking for someone to do the thing. And they're not really thinking deeply enough about it. Now, the third thing, and this is the thing that you didn't address, but I know is totally something you can help us with. There still is an element of letting it go. How do you trust someone other than you to do the thing? Because it's my business. I'm the one everyone wants to talk to. How do you possibly let go and let someone else in? Pat, I'm telling you, if you hire the right person, you can't hand them the work fast enough. Swear to goodness. If you have a trust issue, it's because you don't believe the person can do the job. Stop hiring good enough people. It is that simple. You do not have the right person. Because I promise you, we hand off all kinds of things every day because we trust the people to do it. I don't dye my own hair. I go and I ask somebody who's way smarter than me to do that. And I don't stress about whether they're going to do it wrong because I trust them because they're the expert. I also love my favorite restaurants. Yes, I could cook for myself, but you know what? I know that I'm not going to make the best sushi in town. So I'm going to trust somebody else to do it. It works in your business. And when you have that first amazing hire, who actually can do the job, doesn't need to be taught how to do a job, but can do the job, you literally can never go back. You are so excited and you can't hand the work off. You are not a control freak, boss. I promise. You're just not getting the right people on your team. I don't do the dying of my own hair either. (laughs) You can look at the the podcast art if you need a little insight (laughs) perspective there. Okay, so you've helped us understand the benefit of doing it, what we need to ask about, how we get there. But I am curious, when you sit down with a boss or a potential boss, someone that isn't a boss yet, how do you paint that picture for them? Because you're right, when it works, you'll never go back. But there still is that step of belief of, it can't be that good. It can't be that good. How do you paint the picture so then someone buys into this entire process? Well, it's the education process, right? It's in the moment of being able to address their specific question and giving them the possibility of that future. If I can show anyone that, look, there's three steps you're missing. It's not your fault. You didn't know the answer. But now that you know the answer, let's go through it together. So whether people are doing the on-demand program online or they're going through it one-on-one with me, they're going to have the opportunity to step-by-step through a logical system that is predictable and gives you the results. 
But really, the best thing I have are my references and my clients, which are just, I have the best clients in the universe. No kidding. And the experience is that they, like 75% of my clients use the words life-changing in their testimonials. It is a thing that they fundamentally shift in themselves, the understanding that they have so much more control over the people they let in their company than they ever thought possible. And it's not that it's overly difficult. It's just they didn't know. But you have to learn the system and how to stand up for the idea that, you know what, Pat, you're a great guy, but you are just not the right fit for my company. It's not about telling somebody that they can't do the job. It's that they're not the right person for the job in your company. And that's not a bad thing. And that's usually a good thing when you identify it sooner or you just don't bring them in because they're not looking like they're going to have the experiences you need you're going to not have to manage them as much and you're going to be excited to work with them. This is not even possible. It's the way it should be. You should love your team. You should be like, yeah, one of my team's calling. I'm going to pick up that phone. Not, oh, what are they calling about now? I just don't even want to talk to them. But you have to, right? If you have to, if you feel like you're being pressured to deal with your team's problems, then you have to learn to find the right people. And it's possible they're out there. They want to work for you. There was something inside of me that just triggered. Like, you just fired me. That hurt. That hurt. Like, there's a little piece of me that thought, I don't want to get fired from Calmar's team. Come on. Like, that's like a reflexive action that just happened right there. Well, but I'll tell you, here's the thing, Pat. If you were being fired by me, you wouldn't be surprised. We'd both be disappointed it was happening. But because I'm going to have the communications, we're going to have the meetings, we're going to talk to each other in a way that neither one of us is ever surprised that somebody's fired. It shouldn't ever be that stressful. The drama is because we're putting it off. And if we have these processes and systems and best practices in our company, it's so much easier to show up for your team, even when they're not performing correctly. And it's way less emotional and way less supercharged. It's still not fun when you have to let somebody go. But through my teams, you will know that you're doing the right thing and you will feel 100% better and they will not be surprised. If they're not surprised, it's not as dramatic. Of the business concepts that I've learned on my Mount Rushmore of business concepts, the things that changed my life is the phrase, when it's time to fire someone, if you do it right, they've chosen not to work here. It's and I love that absolutely the case. Absolutely, If you're doing it right, that is absolutely the case. I agree. All right. So we are super intrigued to learn more about Boss Actions. You've got a hiring success timeline. That sounds intriguing. Tell us about it. Well, so one of the biggest things that people ask me about is, uh, how do I make it faster? I just want to make it faster. Well, I don't want you to skip any of the pieces. So I have a hiring success timeline that I'm happy to offer. We use it in our program. All of our clients use it. It's on a download. We'll make sure that you have the link here. You can go below and grab it. And I want to make sure that you get it on your calendar and that you understand the pieces that are involved in the vetting side of your hiring process. And this is the more traditional piece, but it's the thing that it's easy to get wrong. And so I want to make it easy for you to get it right, boss. Yeah, that's brilliant. So we'll make sure that we include that link in the show notes here for this episode. And we are very blessed, as I mentioned early on, that you are a premier success coach for the eWomen Network. So if someone wants to get a premier success coaching session with you, what does that half hour look like and how does it work? We call it the highest priority action and we will decide what your issue is. So some people use it to, they have somebody that they know is not working. 
I spoke with one person who had had an employee that had been there for 10 years and just wasn't doing the job anymore. And they were really worried about how to let them go. I've had another person come on who wanted to talk about how to add a new role in. They wanted like a supervisory role in their organizational structure. So it is 100% specific to you, your business, and what you need. And that's what we can use those 30 minutes to get you some actionable insight. You're one of my favorite guests. I'm so glad you came back on. Talmar Anderson, Premier Success Coach, CEO and founder of Boss Actions. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you for your time and energy, Pat. I always appreciate it. If you're enjoying the show, you need to hop in as a Lift As We Climb VIP. It's simple and easy. Just text the word LIFT to 414-240-1315. That's LIFT to 414-240-1315. You'll get a reminder when new shows are released, and we also have some fun giveaways from time to time. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star, and Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and a Premier Success Coach for the E-Women Network. Find out more about me at patmillerideacoach.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.